Hello, Hunters, and welcome back to another episode of the Ultimate Fictional Character Podcast, Season 3, Division 1, Episode 2, baby! I'm Matt Acevedo, joined as always by my amazing co-host, Christian Humes. Matt, you crushed that. You got it perfectly this time. That was oh. very good. Wow, thank you. I, I've had my uh, <laughs> vegan mac and cheese before this, so I'm rolling. Uh, oh, great. And oh, we oh also have the, the mac to our cheese, Emily Rose Jacobson. <laughs> Hello! Oh, what a what a mighty compliment. <laughs> the Mac yeah, to our cheese. That's like right. That. Guys, welcome back. Um, we are in it. We are in it. We are hit the ground running. We already had a very heated first episode, and this episode, these are going to get a little, a little, a little heated as well. Maybe a little chocolatey. I don't know. A little chocolatey. Yeah. Let's. You know, things might get a little fudgy uh, coming in here. But before they do, I would just suggest everyone. Tread lightly because Littlefoot is coming to town. Because <laughs> in the first matchup, we have Littlefoot going up against Fudge of the Whale. And That's right. I just want to start out right now and say Littlefoot is one of those sneaky characters that most people don't realize is just uh, such a cultural touchstone, I think, to a lot of people um, growing up and is a character that really like teaches people a lot of... Uh, it's it's one of those like non Disney animated films um, that feels like it almost belongs in that same pantheon because they tell an adult story but with animated cartoons and it's uh, it's kind of amazing. But yeah. there's also another contender if someone wants to introduce uh, you know the whale in the room. You might recognize him from Carvel Ice Cream if you got it. He is the mascot for Carvel. He is Fudgy the Whale. Let's get into this first fight, y'all. So, Fudge the Whale, for me... Now, Emily, I don't know about you, because mm-hmm. I don't know about Texas, but is there Carvel in Texas? Uh, not where I was, which was... I don't think I ever saw... Actually, I've never heard of Carvel, and I never saw Carvel plays. So I'm unfortunately not familiar with this beautiful, beautiful chocolate whale cake boy. But... Um... <laughs> Let's see... That's He's interesting lovely. because I'd say the one thing that's so pervasive about Fudgy the Whale and about Carvel is that although they don't actually have ice cream stores in a lot of places outside of the Northeast, their ice cream cakes are basically everywhere. They're in like every Safeway. They're in like they every are. Ralph's. Pretty much every major grocery store carries Carvel ice cream cakes. The cakes, man, that, you know, I would say he's the Papa cake, Papa ice cream cake. I mean, if you guys don't know uh, Fudgy the Whale, he's literally a chocolate uh, whale cake. He is delicious. He is absolutely delicious. Let, let me let me ask you this. It's 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 it, you know Emily's from Texas, right? So Emily, it's it's super hot out. It's it's Texas 103 degrees. It's your birthday though. You're a little miserable because, you know, it's too hot to play in the bounce house and and you don't want to play tag or whatever. And you open the freezer and your mom pulls pulls something from this cold cold area and you see this beautiful chocolate whale smiling at you with a little <laughs> wink greeting you on your happy birthday what do you do i destroy this whale right he is there <laughs> he is a sacrifice for happiness for children well i will say this i will say this also like i'm thinking of ice cream mascots can't really think of a lot however this whale he he remain <laughs> that's right so, so here's the thing, though, is you're not actually eating the whale. You're eating a, a cake shaped after the whale because people love Fudgy the Whale. You're not actually eating himself because Fudgy the Whale is a mascot. So here's some fun facts about Fudgy the Whale. 
He was born in 1977. He, oh, wow. uh, his alias is a whale of a cake or a secret Santa. Um, his favorite Wait, celebrities, secret, Jimmy secret Fallon. Santa? Kelly Ripa. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and his spirit animal is a human, which is a weird, <laughs> it's just a weird ad. But, but Fudgy, you know, he's, he's 40, but people say that he has the energy of a whale half his age still, they say. Uh, and, you know, he appears at, like, birthday parties and commercials and things like that. He is, he is the mascot for Carvel soft serve ice cream, which is primarily, like, what their focus is other than cakes. And their cakes, their, like, centerpiece is the Fudge of the Whale ice cream cake. And as someone who's had many Fudge of the Whale ice cream cakes for their birthday, I got to tell you, he is absolutely delicious. He is can I put another scenario out there for both of you? Sure. Y- yes. What what makes the party? You're you're eight. You're seven years old, and you have a fudgy the whale cake, but all the party decorations are laying before time. Oh. What what's the more exciting part? I would be really sad that I wanted my birthday centered around the dinosaur movie with the dead parents, because that messed me up as a kid. The death of Littlefoot's mom. Oh my gosh, that hits hard. See, that's very true. You're right. But I don't think you'd have a giant dead sauropod in the backyard. <laughs> you would have you would, <laughs> you'd have like a T-Rex piñata, you'd have like uh candy tree stars. Beamed There'd be a lot of fun things. Plates. Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, that's I, a very I don't know fun. I don't know if you'd have a dead dead brachiosaur. <laughs> Um, but that being said, uh, look, I mean, let's put these characters up against one another. Yeah. Most people don't know who Fudgy the Whale is, but people know the name Littlefoot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Littlefoot exper- like, taught, he experiences these really heavy losses that like you that felt impactful that as a kid, you were able to actually understand what was happening. I feel like sometimes with Disney back then, they kind of beat around the bush, kind of, mm-hmm. but kind of, because I know, you know, like, like, you know, um, Fox and the Hound and stuff like that are pretty, pretty sad, but Bambi. like Bambi, but I don't know, the, like him coping with that loss. Like he is, it's so powerful to me. It, 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 it kind of stays with you and, and teaches you to really appreciate like your family. Also like you Littlefoot, know? optimistic leader of the group. Makes mistakes, yeah. but you know what? Yes. Ultimately learns from them. Littlefoot's yes. got his friends around him who make him a better person because Littlefoot is okay on its own, on his own, but like it's the strength of his friends and him learning lessons with them along the way that keeps making him a better and better person. Fudgy yeah. the Whale uh, is just a whale. Just like <laughs> no character arc, just straight whale. And I am going to send you a photo of a Fudgy the Whale mascot suit that is going to haunt your nightmares right now. And I'll be sure to add this to our tweet when this episode comes out. But uh, I think this might be one of the worst mascot suits I've ever seen. And that is a point against Fudgy the Whale for me. You wanted to be Littlefoot's friend, man. Let's be real. You know, but I don't I don't want to cut Fudgy too short. I just I, I think he is delicious. But 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 Oh my god. I think uh I, I I think the slogan "A whale of a cake" is is great. It's kind of like that song of "A whale of a tail," but it's a whale of a cake. You know? Yeah, and let's be fair here. We put these two in a ring. Fudgy the whale is going down in one bite, like he's a tree star, and Littlefoot hasn't eaten in weeks. Like he is 
one and done. But but Littlefoot doesn't eat meat. So if like Fudgy the Whale sentient and can talk, he'd be like, oh, don't eat me. I'm not chocolate. Wait, did you I mean, just say Fudgy the Whale is not, he is a chocolate meat? He's a chocolate appearing meat whale? No, he has. He doesn't have meat. But like, I'm saying Littlefoot doesn't know that. So Littlefoot wouldn't just eat, he wouldn't just eat like meat thinking it's meat. Because Fudgy the Whale is like, he'd play that trump card of like, oh, I'm just, I'm all meat. You don't want to eat me not knowing that he's actually chocolate. That's true, but Littlefoot's a dinosaur. He'd yeah. just tail whip him. That's true. That's true. He's got a you powerful know, it, neck. He's got a powerful tail. And you know what? He's got a big heart and mind to learn a bunch does. of new things. He absolutely does. He's and pure I, of heart. It, it, is there a, like, I can't really picture a scenario which Fudge the Whale is a better character than Littlefoot. I really can't. He, he can't, Fudge the Whale can't beat him up. Fudge the Whale is not more responsible. He's just, you know, it's like we live in a world with severe obesity and he's just serving oh up ice cream to everybody. I he's, mean, are, are they both cute? Uh, irresponsible. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, he is adorable. He is, he is adorable. adorable. But so is Littlefoot, you know? I mean, I it's tried like, Fudgy, but like, it, it's like, Littlefoot's the man, dude, or the dino. He absolutely, absolutely. Is. Emily, I don't. Know. Yeah. Oh, hands down. This this costume scares the heck out of me, and it is my <laughs> it is it is one that's been forever against my one point against Fudgy. If there was ever, if I was ever on the on the kind of the middle of the the teeter totter of this debate, no, that that mascot suit pushed me over the edge. And let's just be clear. Littlefoot, in his first adventure, escaped what was basically an extinction-level event and, like, navigated lava fields. Fudgy the whale would have melted instantly. He mm-hmm. wouldn't have made it five <laughs> minutes through that journey. Oh, my God. That's such a good point. Oh, my gosh. That's sad, man. Uh, well, you know, it was a whale of a fight. But I'm sorry, Fudgy, you are not going to the great beyond. I scream, you scream, Fudgy screams because he's getting eaten. Because he's being released. The sweet release of death. Speaking of the sweet release of death, <laughs> <laughs> one of the next characters we have up for round two is the xenomorph from Alien. Now, Oof. I guess... We'll just have to make this an all-inclusive, because this is more like a mythological, like, folklore-ish creature, because it's like, which xenomorph are we talking about? Are we talking about alien, or aliens, or alien predator? Is this like a Prometheus? Yeah. So, it's just like, this is like an all-inclusive kind of xenomorph action here, um, which will both help and hurt its cause. And uh, I can't tell you a science fiction creature that scares me more than that thing. Same, same. But Xenomorph is going to be going up against Joe Cool himself, our favorite beagle, Snoopy. I want to go back and start talking about Xenomorph, though, because I think that in terms of, like, uh, in, in monster movie history, like, Xenomorph is one of my favorites. Like, you know, first off, you have, you find them on this, on a planet that's undiscovered, but it's very similar to our own. And to me, I get really in my head about this kind of stuff. Like when I saw Prometheus, I thought about that movie for weeks. Uh, it like really messed with my head, thinking about like we shouldn't be going to these other planets, and like like we brought that. Like the reason like that thing's out in space is because of us. We did that. So like we shouldn't we shouldn't go explore 
we shouldn't explore these planets anymore, guys. It's too spooky, you know? Yeah, 100%. But just the way that they, oh, man, the way that they hunt, the way that they, they're born, and they, the, how they reproduce is just terrifying. And no one can hear you out there. I think that adds a big part of it. Like, you're alone. Yeah, it's Jaws in space. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what this is. Emily, what what is your experience with the Xenomorphs and Alien? How do you feel about this character? I mean, definitely one of the most, I think, recognizable movie monsters. And, like, I think it's interesting because the Xenomorph kind of straddles space, like, space cinema. You, you think space creatures, you think space aliens. Of course, you're going to think alien, you're going to think the Xenomorph. But then you also think horror, horror creatures... You're also like, you think Babadook, if like, not just horror characters like Michael Myers or Freddy uh, or Jason, but you think like Pennywise, Pennywise, but you think like horror creatures, even Pennywise is tricky because Pennywise kind of straddles that too. But you think like absolute horror creatures like the Babadook or um, Godzilla, Xenomorph is also up there. So he's got space or Xenomorph's got space on one hand. Horror on the other and balances both very, very well. Yeah. But on the other hand, we also have a a character that is kind of like universally known as well on a different side of the specter. Um, I think Snoopy is just someone that is just, you know, when I think of the penis gallery, it's all about Charlie Brown. But growing up, I always wanted to be Snoopy. I adore Snoopy. He is my child. I love him. I am such a a Snoopy stan. This is where I this is where my power comes out. Love Snoopy. I, I love not great. Yeah, yeah, I love Knott's Berry Farm because I like to go see Camp Snoopy and hang out with with Snoopy. All right, so I got to tell you, and I have a beagle, so you'd think I'd have a, a strong bias for Snoopy. And I'm not saying I don't think that Snoopy is better than the Xenomorph. That's not where I'm going with this just yet. But Snoopy, a little bit like Doc Brown, is also, I believe, an agent of chaos. Oh my gosh! I hear that. <laughs> He's, like, always seen, right, as, like, Charlie Brown's, like, main man. He's always got his back. But realistically, like, when you watch the episodes, when you read the cartoons, he's always pulling pranks. He's always screwing with people. He's always getting into trouble. And there's plenty of times where he is just, like, causing problems for Charlie Brown. It's like, I he feel doesn't like, mean to. Well, I, 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 he laughs at a lot of stuff. He has a lot of he, fun he with it. It seems like he yeah. only is sincere once, like someone's feelings are actually hurt or when someone's like actually in trouble but otherwise he's kind of like a sarcastic jerk but is is it because of the way that he's is, that he's a youthful spirit or is it because he is constantly oppressed by people he's dealing with racism on a on a on a daily basis no one will let this dog into any building snoopy is on underlying tones like showing kids what it is to be like oppressed and and dang it, if that doesn't cause you to create different personas to try to fit in, like I think Snoopy is such an underdog. He he he's just trying. He's trying to be recognized as normal because no one wants to accept him for who he is as a beagle. They have to. He has to try being dressing up like a human or being the Red Baron or something for him to be recognized. Well, he doesn't. So the Red Baron is someone separate from Snoopy. Well, no, it's one of Snoopy's, it's one of his imaginary fantasy lives. Like, the Red Baron is an actual person in real life. But, like, he pretends he is the Red Baron. He he pretends he's a college student known as Joe Cool. And uh, he pretends he is an author as he pulls out his typewriter. I think Snoopy's great because I think Snoopy 
personifies so much. He is mischievous, but he also is very kind. He he is very he is very independent. Like he has these imaginary fantasy lives, and he also sh- showcases the power of imagination and how imagination can take you anywhere, and you can be whoever you want to be through the power of imagination. And while he is like he does work well on his own, when he's with Charlie Brown or Linus or Lucy or with his friends, he's also great. He he works or even with um oh gosh why am I blanking on. His name, or uh, the little Woodstock, he blanked on Woodstock's name, even though he's with Woodstock. They both like, and Woods, I would say Woodstock is even more chaotic than Snoopy. I think if you put if you yeah. put it on a spectrum, it's peanuts, human children, Snoopy, Woodstock. That's fair, but I feel like Snoopy's always kind of disrespecting Charlie Brown. Uh, the only person who does more is Lucy. The only person in all of Peanuts who disrespects Charlie Brown more than Snoopy is Lucy. And that's because, I mean, she just has a lot of misdirected feelings that she doesn't know how to work through yet at her young age. (laughs) But, um, look, I love Snoopy. He's a great character. Like, he has been in a just myriad of of stories, right? Yeah. Um, He's also kind of lazy, which I, I, I respect. Like he just wants to hang out on top of his dog. Is house he and being lazy, or is that him in a great depression until he gets an idea to try again? I don't know. So I, I, I don't know where this like weird character you're coming up with, Snoopy, is coming. <laughs> what do you mean? It's very mean? dark Snoopy origin. You're like the yeah. You're like the DCEU of Snoopy over here, Matt. Like you're giving him a lot of darkness. Don't you, okay. Look, like he went out and to go see a movie, and his parents were gunned down in an alley. Give Snoopy a break. Oh my god. No, but we actually know how Snoopy was found. I mean, we yeah, we, we did. We, you know, we've seen that. We've seen mm-hmm. Charlie like go and and pick him out. Um, and uh, I mean, there's like an episode where he even goes back. He tries Snoopy come farm. home, dude. He, it's Snoopy yeah. come home, the movie, and he tries to go find his dog. And Charlie Brown's so heartbroken, and every time Snoopy tries to get close to finding who where he's from, like he gets kicked out because he's a dog. It's messed up. But then he realizes that his home is with Charlie Brown. That's right. He's teaching us important Wait. life lessons. Can I tell you? Yeah. I don't know where this uh, fuego I have for like Snoopy's coming from. <laughs> oh, I have big Snoopy energy. I love you, Zeta. I love Snoopy. But for me, I'm Snoopy Team Snoopy. Too. But, uh, you know, I'll say one thing I appreciate about Snoopy is his chaoticness, as I mentioned. But this is an interesting, weird thing in retrospect. Um, he's always trying to kiss Lucy, and she hates it. She hates it. She doesn't want dog slobber on her face. That's him reaching out for the acceptance of who he is. Cause he doesn't try to hide like who he is when he's trying to kiss Snoopy or Lucy. Yeah. He's trying to like this is who I am, world. I'm I am and until you recognize me as as a dog, I don't know. Okay, Christian, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Perhaps mm-hmm. Snoopy forcing some kisses on Lucy isn't kosher nowadays. And I and I get that <laughs> yeah. and I agree. But I would yeah. also say this. Alien, alien also forcing kiss on people. How do alien oh, baby happen? That's fair. It's yeah, oral, forced pregnancy. It's oral attack. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Forced, forced pregnancy, uh, and then I guess rapid death is not. Don't you want to bust a chest cavity? That's a good point. I mean, so okay, who do you think would do a better job of taking care of the Red Baron, Snoopy or the Xenomorph? The Xenomorph. If it was Predator, Snoopy could probably get to the Predator's like sensitive side. 
like AVP, but uh, in this case, Alien is just it is a it is like a hive mind. You know, yeah. they're so animalistic. But like, well, they're Matt. They're just so depressed because everyone's always trying to keep the aliens down, and so they're just coming up with all these personas, oh, right? There's like the human xenomorph, then there's like the spider xenomorph, and there's like the flying xenomorph, and it's coming up with all these different xenomorphs Dude. because it's like I'm just trying to be accepted. I'm Go look up Snoopy stuff, and you'll just like rewatch it. It's all underlying <laughs> tones, man. It's all there. The dark side of yes. Snoopy. Yes, the xenomorph could take out Snoopy easily. But this isn't a fight about strength. This is who the best character is. And I will you ask know, you this question. Does yes. the xenomorph mm-hmm. have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Do you see a bunch of mom memes on Facebook using the xenomorph? No. Snoopy's got a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. And you see all these mom memes with minions and Snoopy in them. So I will say Snoopy has had a bigger character impact for being around longer, because Snoopy's been around a long time. Snoopy's been around longer than Xenomorph. Snoopy's cultural impact is that is much greater than Xenomorph. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because as you said that, I had to look up to I see was if it had a star. Doing that I too. would not have put it past the Hollywood Walk of Fame to have a star for the Xenomorph <laughs> or the Alien, and I feel like there probably is one. Maybe it's like the handprint. I think they have like the Alien handprint or something like the, that. Like chi- the Chinese theater. The, or yeah, I feel like that exists. Um, but no, I'm with you. I mean, like I said, I, I wasn't trying necessarily to say that Snoopy is better, is worse than the Xenomorph, but I do think there is a lovability that we give to Snoopy that I don't know how deserved. It necessarily is because I don't know if uh, he is like the greatest role model. I think he's, you know, he's like a bit like Garfield, but he's like energetic. Like Garfield's always causing trouble and he cares about like John. He cares about Odie, but he's kind of like he's like a he's like a grouch. Whereas Snoopy's like Garfield with ADD. And so he's just like he's always getting into something and he's coming up with these other personas and he's. Like there's there's this chaoticness that like you never know what the heck he's gonna do next. But that's actually great. Like as a character, that's like kind of awesome. Let me put you uh, here. Here's look. Uh, there's a lot of lovability for Snoopy, but like I honestly th- didn't expect this one to be a tough one because like I like it's on this show we find it's always hard to fight for villains. And I think like Xenomorph is such an incredible villain uh, or incredible monster. You know what I mean? Uh, that like like if in terms if we're like to put. Joe Cool versus Xenomorph on Cool Factor. I don't know who I would pick. You know what I mean? Like, who's more cool? I don't know. Is the alien cool? Isn't it just edgy and gross? That's cool. What? Or maybe, maybe I was taught cool differently. <laughs> no, I think I think I'm with Emily here. I'm just I'm gonna just say, what? <laughs> I mean, Alien's got this weird surrealist HR Geiger design. I'll give him that. That's spooky stuff. But Snoopy, Snoopy doesn't where alien is like invokes fear snoopy invokes many more emotions not just one shade yeah i mean i'm look i i absolutely believe that snoopy is a better character than the xenomorph i think the xenomorph is like a great boogeyman and it's just like shadow to be feared that can you know it, it is it is sort of like the monster that lives under your bed because it's able to adapt to whatever kind of like circumstance you're in and it, it's um it's so invasive right it's not yeah. just this thing that's going to come after you it's it's going to uh use you as as like a tool to enhance itself so that it can hurt harm more people like 
that is a terrifying concept. But is it a good character? You know, it's, I don't you know think what? so. It's, it's, I think, it, you know, it's almost as if the Xenomorph gives way to make Ripley a better character. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, if we were saying, is if, if this was Ripley versus Snoopy, I think uh, I would have a much tougher time necessarily picking Snoopy so easily. But personally, if you ask me right now, I'm ready to pick Snoopy. I don't know how you two are feeling. I am 100% team Snoopy all the way. I, I, I don't know where this fire came from, and I think I've been, I've been team Snoopy. I, I think this is the most passionate I've been about a character for some reason. It's so weird. I don't, I don't understand. But we're calling it Snoopy has taken out the Xenomorph threat and is moving on to face off against Littlefoot from the Land Before Time. Which, uh, let me say, hearing you say that, Matt, it's going to put Emily in an awkward position because I am very passionate about Littlefoot. Uh, let's, let's like, really talk about Littlefoot for a moment. So, the first <laughs> film, here's what happens, right? Littlefoot watches his mother die. He watches a Tyrannosaurus Rex eat his mom, take a big old chunk out of her, but she saves him, and she's like, you got to go to the Great Valley because during all of this, during all, all of that fighting, the Earth has a massive earth shake. So it, it's sort of supposed to be like, you know, the great earthquake that happened from the meteor that's causing like all the dinosaurs to go extinct. And it's like the Great Valley is this place you can go where the dinosaurs are going to be safe. You've got to get there. You're on your own, little foot. Just a little baby. Just a little baby. You actually see in the intro, you see little foot like be born from the egg. But prior to this moment, Littlefoot befriends Sarah, a Triceratops, which it turns out dinosaurs, not that unlike us, have a lot of, uh, I guess you would call it specious, but it's racist ideas. And Sarah gets yelled at by her dad and intervenes with Littlefoot and Sarah playing. And he's like, three horns don't play with long necks. Oh, like, I remember we that. We stick to our own kind. And, yeah. it cr- and, and at that moment, right? These two dinosaurs are here, and they were friends with each other. And from that point on, Littlefoot is told by his parents, like, you know, some dinosaurs are like that. Like, you know, you know, we're kind of nice everyone, but, like, dinosaurs generally stick with their own kind. But Sarah's dad is, like, puts all these, like, ideas in her head that just forces them to become these different people. And the next time they meet up, now she's got this, like, animosity towards him. And the two of them have to try to make it to the Great Valley— like after escaping that T-Rex battle and they're unwilling to work together and he befriends like he basically it's like Lord of the Rings right like he forms a he forms a fellowship he meets a uh pterodon a stegosaur he gets a a uh I can't remember what it is but the the duckbill one ducky and they make it they make it to the Great Valley, but not easily. Like, he has to learn how to work together. He has to overcome his fears. They, they have to go up against meat eaters and sharp teeth. And uh, at one point, like, Littlefoot screws up. Littlefoot actually leaves the group because they sort of split. Like, some of the, like Sarah's like, no, we should go this way. And he's like, no, we have to go that way because they're not willing to work together. And he comes back for them and saves everyone because he knows it was the right thing to do. Like, Littlefoot is teaching real-life lessons about making mistakes, learning from them, 
racism and like coming together as a people so that we can all survive and about like real threats and dangers you know and and that the unknown like the people that are different from you aren't the real dangers because there are real dangers out there in the world and snoopy's just always pulling pranks Snoopy is not always pulling pranks, dude. Let me, hey, if you're going to bring me the plot of the first Land Before Time, let me give you the plot of Snoopy Come Home. Okay, oh, let's hear this it. is a great reveal that you're going to you're gonna be very sad I've, about. I have watched this movie. Do you, do, I, don't, I don't think you remember it. I oh, I love it. it. It's a great movie. So basically, we start off, it's regular Peanuts fun. You know, it's the gang playing games, having fun. Uh, Snoopy, we kind of see at the beginning of the film, he gets frustrated because uh, he wants to go to the beach, but there's a no dogs allowed at the beach rule. And so he's really frustrated. He tries to go to the library. No dogs allowed at the library. This frustrates him. He's not accepted. And so he, he heads home. And then one day he receives a letter from a girl named Lila who has been in the hospital for unspecified reasons in the movie. But Heart she's break. really sick, and she wants so Snoopy sick. to keep her company. So immediately, Snoopy goes off to see her, because he, he feels the call, and he, he feels it, and uh, he just wants to go help. So on his route, he actually gets kidnapped by an animal-obsessed girl, and Woodstock gets kidnapped too, and so he has to escape and, like, she, this girl is like just really being, being too controlling of Snoopy and Snoopy is just trying to get out and help. And so he finally reaches the hospital, but it says no dogs are allowed. So he tries to sneak in, fails. He sneaks in a second time he's in and he keeps Lila company for the rest of her stay in the hospital. And then Lila even tells Snoopy like, you being here helped me get better. Like you made me happy. So then, uh... She asks Snoopy to go home with her. But of course, Snoopy is like, I, Snoopy feels his loyalty and love to Charlie Brown. Like, that is his best friend and that's his owner. Um, however, like, as he's leaving, he turns and he sees how heartbroken and just, like, devastated this poor girl is in the hospital. And so it just tugs, like, man, it just breaks this poor dog's heart. He just breaks. And so he he decides, like, you know what? Like, I am going to help this girl to the best I can. And so he decides he's going to go live with her, but he's got to go settle his affairs. So uh, there's a really big, sad going away party for so Snoopy. Sad, <laughs> and everyone's crying and everyone's giving Snoopy presents uh, and whatnot. And then he leaves and he, but then as soon as he's le- as soon as he leaves, he realizes like, man, I do want to help this girl who's been sick, but I also, I, he's he's like, I also owe my life, and and I want to be by my best friend Charlie Brown. So eventually, he gets to Delilah's apartment, sees that there's a no dogs allowed in the building sign, and he kind of like he 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 kind of and he goes up to Lila and he spends time with her, but then he kind of points out to the sign like. There's no dogs allowed in this building. I can't, I want to be here with you, but I can't be here with you. So, so Lila has no choice but to allow Snoopy to leave. And so Snoopy leaves and joyfully returns to Charlie Brown and the others. And yeah. And then Charlie Brown realizes like how both Snoopy and Charlie Brown realize how much they need each other. Friendship. It's very moving. It's very moving. And it's, it's interesting that they both deal 
with a lot of like, you know, social issues when it comes to things like racism, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but interestingly enough, you know, the follow-up to Land Before Time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, they've already con- they conquered racism, but now they realize, like, hey, all the dinosaurs are living in harmony together, right? All, all, all the, the leaf eaters, right? They live in the Great Valley, protected. All the meat eaters, all the sharp teeth are outside of the Great Valley. And a couple of egg stealers, some raptors, some over-raptors, sneak into the Great, Great Valley. Land Before Time gang heads after them. Right. What ends Shark up happening tooth? is an, an egg, right, an egg they have rolls into their nest. No one knows. And Chomper is born, a small baby Chomper, right. T-Rex. Chomper, a sharp tooth, which now all these dinosaurs have come together. They've kind of settled their differences. They're still kind of living in their own herds, but they're living amongst each other civilly. But, like, this thing's one of those things that ate his mom in front of him. Like, this is not kosher for the Great Valley. And they know that if their parents find out, they are going to, like, Chomper is not going to have a good time. Let's say that, right? It's not going to be a good scene for Chomper. He's probably going to get stepped on. It's going to be bad. And so Littlefoot literally puts his views aside and is like, I know that this creature, given other circumstances, would grow up to eat and kill us. Like, it would eat us for breakfast without a second thought but i believe that it was taught this just like we were taught the wrong lessons and and it's really like it's a lot about like if you look at you know other countries that like you like the u.s would be at war with or things like that it's like it's about outsiders now and they put their lives at risk to teach chomper like a peaceful way to live and return him to his parents they put their lives at risk they go they are chased down by two sharp teeth this time just so that they could return the baby sharp tooth to them and then haul it back to the great valley they didn't have to do any of that but they did it because littlefoot knew it was the right thing to do that's very good christian but does he have a macy's day parade balloon every year Balloon. And does he have multiple theme parks? Snoopy has theme parks. He is a part of. Well, he's like he's like Cedar the Knott's Point Berry Farm Knott's representative. Berry Farm. Yeah, Cedar Point. He's like the Cedar Point rep now. Christian, also, you, you also with a- Littlefoot on on mom memes on Facebook. Like, do you see it's Snoopy? See some of those like photoshopped memes? It's always Snoopy. Snoopy's cultural relevance, man. I get it. Littlefoot is great. Littlefoot teaches us a lot as kids, and Littlefoot is really important, like, when you're a kid, and those movies are great, even looking back as an adult. Those are really solid films, and he's a really great character, but I feel like Snoopy is timeless for all ages. Everybody can find something about Snoopy they like. You did, That was a really good argument, though. Here's my problem with it. He has no flaws, and that's suspicious. No, no. Littlefoot gets stuff wrong all the time. <laughs> I mean, Littlefoot abandoned his friends in the first movie. Oh, and then you took only, my point and turned it through, against me. Yeah, no, Littlefoot, like, that's one of the best things about Littlefoot is that Littlefoot ha- continues to learn from his mistakes um, and is constantly challenged with these incredible, absolutely incredible, uh, you know, adventures that he set on. But, I, you know, I will admit, like, Snoopy is, has been considered a classic and made a timeless character 
Uh, and it, like as far as we're gonna go, like iconicness, like yeah, Snoopy is absolutely a hundred percent a more iconic character. I personally think that there's more thoughtfulness when it comes to Littlefoot and his decisions and actions. Um, and outside of that Snoopy movie in particular, that where they really kind of give him a spotlight, the most of the time he's kind of just having a good time and just wilding out and wheeling and dealing and sometimes he's pulling pranks and sometimes he's being nice um but it's on a more relatable scale and that's why i think people like him more and that that is uh, i think a good argument as to why he's a better character i would be willing to concede that because it feels like the two of you are on that side uh and i don't think that that is a bad argument i think that's a good argument in snoopy's favor this is tough this is really tough i will say this in a straight-up fight, Snoopy would go down. What? I, he's a sauropod. Snoopy's the size of his leg. <laughs> no, but Littlefoot's a baby. Littlefoot's but a, a baby, a, a baby long neck is still bigger than a baby giraffe, and a baby giraffe is six foot. <laughs> you know, like they made one last thing I'll smaller. say. For me, what, uh, Snoopy teaches a different side of things for me. He teaches kids to dream and think big and to pursue whatever makes you happy. It's a different kind of lesson, but I, it's something that I carried with me more than, my, than you know, Land Before Time stuck with me. I, and that, it's just preference. I don't know why. I'm not saying one outweighs the other. But for me, like, you know, Snoopy's imagination was something that I always found, like, just enchanting. Yeah. I mean, Snoopy's more fun, right? Like, that's the thing here. It's like, if we're going to talk about fun and entertaining, Snoopy is way more fun and entertaining. Like, you don't put on The Land Before Time because you want to have a, a feel-good, like, fun time. You, you, don't, you don't watch uh, species get wiped out <laughs> and have to run for their lives constantly for fun. You watch it because it's, uh, like, an interesting adventure and a story. But Snoopy is like offer has offered both that and he offers an entertainment value that Littlefoot doesn't offer. So like that yeah. is a good point. That's a very good point. I don't know. I I'm ready to call it. I I I feel really this one kind of stings for some reason because they're both things I adore. <laughs> but I, I'm ready to call it. I mean that's what the show is. It's like <laughs> who really wins in this in this in the show? No one. Well, if we anyone wins tonight, I think it's Beagles. Because beagles are amazing dogs. I have a beagle. His name is Buddy. And, uh, you know, beagles are have some of the best um, senses of smell. And I think Snoopy, for that reason, would be able to smell his victory coming tonight. Hey, whoa. That's right. We're calling it. Snoopy is our episode two champion. It's going to go on to face off against Janet from The Good Place. Ugh. This one was hard. I feel gross. I don't know yeah. why. It was like a really yeah. hard one. <laughs> no, that was a good one, though. That was good. I mean, look, it, it's uh, that was a good character to go up against Snoopy, right? Oh, yeah. Because it was oh, another it was like, animal. Yeah. <laughs> it, they're like equals, man. It's crazy. Ugh. Now, I would have also, like, if if, if like, Fievel went up against any of these, that would also be an interesting Oh, fight. gosh. Well, Fievel versus Littlefoot is hard, because that's Don Bluth versus Don Bluth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there you have it, y'all. Oh, I'm I'm winded. <laughs> that was a tough one. So uh, why don't we tell people where we can find everyone, and then I'll pull the next four characters for the ep- next episode. 
Yeah. Sounds good. You guys are on a bunch of shows together. Emily, why don't you tell them what they are? Yeah. Well, if you like Mass Effect and if you like tabletop RPGs, you can catch Matt and I often or just every episode on the Mass Effect Adventum podcast. Uh, that is, you can find us on Twitter at Emmy Adventum. And then, uh, boy, howdy, we love video games just like our good pal Christian. So we have a video games podcast with our friend Naeem Stewart called Hit Points, where we just kind of are goofy and talk about video games and topics of the week. And we love to hear from you. And you can find out more information about that podcast at Hit Points Pod on Twitter. That's right. You can find me at frankly underscore Emily on Twitter. If you just want to see you can find what me at, I do. Yeah. And you should, because Emily does a lot of great stuff. And mm-hmm. then you can follow me and see what kind of mac and cheese I'm eating uh, at the Matt Acevedo. <laughs> that's all you tweet about. <laughs> that's No, that's your special mac and cheese Twitter. That's the secret <laughs> Matt Twitter that we don't have access to. It's on private. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called Matt and Cheese, so. Yeah, Matt and Cheese. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's your new personal podcast where you just review various box mac and cheeses. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm game. There's a Don't lot. Give him ideas. Um you can also find me at Christian underscore Humes. I also have the Unranked Podcast and Watch World. Uh links to all of our socials are in the show notes. We also have a channel in the Unranked Discord if you want to go there. If you want to submit a name for the bucket, you can do a uh hashtag or at us at the UFC pod and submit a name and we'll add it to the bucket for future episodes. But guys, I've got Four characters, ready to pull. Awesome. Let's see who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's rock. Division one, match three, Mega Man. Oh, oh dang. snap. The Blue Bomber. All right. This is pretty strong. And the Blue Bomber is going to have to go up against another uh, anthropomorphic animal who also has one heck of a nose, not too far unlike Snoopy, but this one's name is Toucan Sam. Hey, Paul, this tricks the rabbit. Uh, and oh, so we have not one but two video game characters on the next episode. We are going to have Kirby. What? One of the most powerful oh! video game characters of all time. Oh, gosh. And uh, finally, Kirby is going to be going up against. Uh, this is a pretty. This is, a, this is a, actually a very strong character here. We have Emmett from the, the Lego movie, the master builder himself. Yes, the special. Wow. Uh, wow. So that is going to be one heck of an episode for Division 1 Match 3. We hope to see you guys next week. That's right, everybody. And until next time, we'll see you soon, Hunters. <laughs>